Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 20th of February, 2023, the 29th of Shvat, 5783, coming to you today from Jerusalem, eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people, just outside the walls of the old city. Thank you so much to those who reached out to me. Um, I was not on air last week or the week before. Two weeks ago, I was on vacation, and then last week I had an unscheduled family emergency, so I could not do my podcast, so I really, really appreciate those who reached out asking where I was and uh, those who expressed their concern. Uh, since then, um, unfortunately, a lot of terrorism here in our capital city since we last spoke, 11 Israelis murdered in three different terror attacks here in Jerusalem. First, you had the Friday night attack outside a Neve Yaakov synagogue. And then the following Friday, you had the car ramming carried out by a, an Arab jihadist in which three people were murdered, including two young children who were brothers. Just, just horrible. And then last week... You had a border policeman who was murdered as he was doing his duties, checking passengers on a bus. He was stabbed and unfortunately also was shot in a friendly fire incident. Not exactly sure what caused his death, or whether it was the, the knife wound or the gun wound, but either way, the bottom line here is that this was as, as a result of jihadist terrorism. So a lot of bad news over the last several weeks. But, um, but I'm here in Jerusalem. We will continue. We will thrive. Our enemies will not defeat us. And we're going to keep this thing going here, the Jewish state of Israel. And we'll get to the other news. A lot of stuff going on. As I am recording here on this Monday morning, we'll get to the mass protests, as I call it, the sour grapes protests taking place throughout the country today. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I want to start on a different note here, a different story. This reported by JNS, and it's, it's all related, but let's start with this. Uh, the other day, JNS reported that the Israeli Supreme Court sitting as the High Court of Justice, struck down a petition that claimed the previous government illegally transferred 500 million shekel, more than $140 million, to the Palestinian Authority. The petition was filed by the Palestinian Media Watch organization, uh, claiming the money was transferred from a frozen account that was set aside under the anti-pay-for-slay law. That law was passed in July 2018 to penalize the PA for paying monthly stipends to convicted terrorists. Under it, Israel deducts monthly um, payments. It deducts money equivalent to the, to the amount the PA pays terrorists for murdering Israelis. Israel sets those funds aside in a frozen bank account. So that's the way it's supposed to happen. The PA is not supposed to get this money 
as long as they continue to pay terrorists, reward terrorists, on a sliding scale based on how many Jews they murder. And they also pay the families of the terrorists as well. So Palestinian Media Watch went to the high court claiming that the last government under Yair Lapid illegally, illegally transferred the funds, found a loophole, and transferred the funds to the PA. A good friend of our show, Maurice Hirsch, the lead attorney for Palestinian Media Watch, told JNS News that the Israeli Finance Ministry confirmed that 500 million shekel had passed from Israel to the Palestinian Authority. So the last government, again, found this loophole, transferred money to the PA, even though they're still on this pay-for-slave path. And this is despicable. Absolutely despicable. And this brings us to the current situation here. PMW, Palestinian Mini Watch, discovered this fact that the money was being transferred illegally, and their case was rejected by Israel's high court. And so many out there don't think we need judicial reform. Apparently, the court threw out this case on some sort of technicality and decided to ignore the fact that our past government illegally funded a terror regime that rewards its people to murder Jews. So that's how this ties in. It has to do with the high court here in Israel. And as I'm speaking to you, there are mass protests across the country. There was a mass protest this past Saturday night in Tel Aviv for the seventh consecutive week. And this morning, protests, I call it again, the sour grapes protests, they continue. But let's remember, these people are using the excuse of judicial reform to continue to take to the streets when their goal isn't to stop the reform. Their goal is to throw out this government. Do they have the right to protest? Yes, of course. But they are simply sour grapes that they lost the election. That being said, with the right to protest, there is a line, and that line was crossed today. JNS reporting the following. Again, protests taking place today on, on Monday throughout the country. Protesters harassed four Israeli coalition lawmakers outside their homes in a bid to block them from reaching the Knesset, where the first bill in the government's judicial reform package is set for the first of three readings in order to pass it into law. So it's going to be a busy day this evening in the Knesset. But you have protesters showing up just one example, at the home of M.K. Simcha Rothman in Pnei Kedem, which is actually in eastern Gush Etzion, and from what I read, physically blocking his car, not letting him go to work, not letting him go to the Knesset to prepare to vote. And that is where protesters have gone too far. And they claim that they are standing up for democracy, what kind of democracy is it when you physically do not let an elected official get into his car and go out and vote? That is the opposite of democracy. That shows how little these people respect the democracy of the state of Israel, not letting people vote, not letting members of Knesset vote. Another example, protesters surrounded the apartment of M.K. 
Tali Gottlieb from the Likud party in Givat Shmuel, linking arms, preventing her from leaving her home. That is not democracy. That is not a legal demonstration when you come to a person's home and not let them leave. Gottlieb said it herself. That is anarchy. And that's what's going on here. Under the guise of judicial reform. That is the excuse. The real reason is sour grapes. They don't want this government to continue to function here in the state of Israel. It comes down to that. And I hate, you know, the labels left wing, right wing, but it basically is the left or so-called left or those who have hijacked the left unhappy that the right is currently in power here in Israel and that they won an election in November. Protesters also blocked major roads, including Highway 1 between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem this morning. There was talk about compromises. The president of the state of Israel, Isaac Herzog, proposed a compromise on this issue of judicial reform. However, front page of today's Jerusalem Post, Finance Minister Vital Smotrich said on Sunday at a conference in Jerusalem that opposition leader M.K. Yair Lapid was not interested in reaching a compromise on the reform, instead was purposely leading the country to civil war, all because he was not willing to accept his loss in the November election. I'm telling you, said Smotrich, the person to blame for preventing dialogue on this reform is one person Yair Lapid, calling out the former prime minister. Also an important point here, Smotrich mentioned that many officials from the financial, the financial sector were concerned that the economy would be damaged as a result of this judicial reform. This, however, is not a concern that stems from the reform itself, but rather because of the scare campaign that Lapid was leading, Minister Smotrich said. So there you have it, folks. I said it a few minutes ago, the guise of, of protest against judicial reform. What we're really talking about are people who are doubling down with the incitement, the blatant incitement against members of this government coalition because they don't want this government to function. And that's really what, what it comes down to. On that same topic... Everyone reported this yesterday. I pulled this from Times of Israel. U.S. Ambassador to Israel Tom Nides said the Biden administration is urging Prime Minister Netanyahu to, quote, pump the brakes on his government's effort to overhaul the judiciary. As the coalition looks to, f to power forward with the reform plan. And this is what gets me here. U.S. Ambassador to Israel Tom Nides. He said the following, we're telling the prime minister, as I tell my kids, pump the brakes, slow down, try to get a consensus, bring the parties together. Mr. Ambassador, we are not your children. We are not your child. How dare the U.S. administration get involved in an internal Israeli matter? Again, did you hear what he said? As I tell my kids. He is patronizing us. 
The ambassador, U.S. ambassador to Israel is patronizing us. Mr. Ambassador, don't patronize us. We are not a banana republic. How dare he make these comments? But then again, this is the Biden administration, so I'm not surprised, but this is insulting and patronizing. Minister of the Diaspora, Amichai Chikli, said the following, I say to the American ambassador, put on the brakes yourself and mind your own business. That's what Diaspora Minister Amichai Chikli said regarding the comments made by Ambassador Nides in regard to this judicial reform. So, yeah, I agree. Mind your own business. And there'll be, there'll be people out there saying, well, the United States gives Israel, gives Israel so much money, billions of dollars in aid every year that the U.S. has the right to tell Israel what to do. But they leave out the facts on that matter. They leave out the facts that the, what is it, the $3.8 billion of USA to Israel, all that money is spent in the United States. That money creates jobs in the United States. That's the, that's the rules of that aid. That's the condition. It has to be spent in the U.S. So if you are against the aid to Israel and someone in, I don't know, Dayton, Ohio, is going to be fired because Israel isn't spending that money, that's on you. So people, you know, say, no, the ambassador has the right to do so. He's right to say what's on his mind because Israel receives all this funding. First of all, it helps people in the U.S. And as we know, Israel is the largest aircraft carrier for the United States and the Middle East. So it goes both ways. It is not just one-sided. For all those who believe that Nides has the right to criticize Israel like that and compare the prime minister of the state of Israel to his parenting, to what he tells his kids, pumping the brakes, slow down, despicable, insulting, and patronizing. After all that, we're going to switch gears here. And here's a story which does at this point it is unclear that's exactly what's going on and we should know more later today unfortunately the podcast is being recorded now but as of yesterday okay let's start with yesterday u.s secretary of state antony blinken spoke with both palestinian authority head mahmoud abbas and israeli prime minister netanyahu on saturday ahead of an anticipated showdown at the u.n security council over jerusalem's Assertion of its rights to Judea and Samaria. So Blinken is going back and forth, putting Mahmoud Abbas on the same level, by the way, as Prime Minister Netanyahu, in regard to a potential uh, UN Security Council resolution which would condemn Jews building in Judea and Samaria, of course, and would call for an immediate halt to all building. So this vote was scheduled to take place today, Monday. All right. So there was supposed to be this vote. It was actually, from what I understand, it was the United Arab Emirates, our good friends, right? The UAE, who introduced this uh, Security Council resolution. But now you have reports saying, 
and this I don't believe this has been confirmed, that the UAE has pulled the text on their resolution or they've dumbed it down somewhat so that it would not be a binding, a legally binding resolution. That is what the reports say this morning. All right, so there's no official word as to what's going to happen, and we'll have to wait and see in regard to this text calling out Israel, obviously holding Israel to a different standard. But that's what we get from the UN time and time again, holding Israel to a, a different standard than the rest of the world. According to the Jewish press, the Jewish press actually cites a Walla report by Barak Ravid. Under U.S. pressure, the PA has dropped a prospective U.N. Security Council resolution. Maybe it was a joint PA. I don't know exactly how it works over there. UAE resolution. They've dropped this resolution condemning Israeli, Israeli housing plans in Judea and Samaria in exchange for major Israeli concessions, including a freeze in building in, in Judea and Samaria. That's what was reported by Barak Ravid yesterday, according to Walla. However, a source in the Israeli government told JewishPress.com the Ravid report is not true and Israel has not agreed to any such thing. So there's a whole list of concessions that Ravid claimed that Israel was going to um, implement, including a f building freeze in Judea and Samaria and all sorts of things to ease tensions, as they say, ahead of Ramadan. There was a whole list. You can find that on Walla. Uh, but according to an Israeli official here, the Jerusalem, uh, sorry, the Jewish press says that no such agreement or concessions have actually been made. So we'll just have to wait and see what the UN does later on today in New York in regard to the type of resolution condemning Israel. Again, I think there's something's going to be said, whether it's going to be binding, non non-binding, are they going to dumb down the language, whatever it is, something is probably going to happen later on today in New York at the UN. Um, and it remains to be seen whether Israel, in fact, has offered to make these concessions. And if, if they did, I think that's a terrible decision and just shows weakness because every time Israel makes concessions, we get paid back in the form of more and more terrorism. This is the Middle East, folks. When you show weakness, you lose. You pay the price. So it remains to be seen what will happen later on today in New York. Yesterday here in Jerusalem as well, Israel National News reports that police were working very hard to prevent, prevent disturbances and tear down roadblocks in Arab neighborhoods in Jerusalem following the decision of National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir who decided he is not going to return the body of the terrorist who carried out the attack in the Neve Yaakov neighborhood, which I mentioned before, in which seven Israelis were murdered. So Ben Gvir says he's not giving back the body. Yesterday, Sunday morning, very early in the morning, roadblocks were put up, chaos in the eastern side of the city, trying to prevent residents from being able to go to work, trying to force a general, general strike. Uh, Minister Ben Gvir said... I instructed the police to continue the concentrated effort operation. He calls it a concentrated effort operation in eastern Jerusalem. The police have been working since the early hours of the morning to remove the roadblocks. I greatly appreciated the efforts of the police and the soldiers. 
The state of Israel will not surrender to a handful of terrorists, said Ben Gvir. The criminals who block the neighborhoods are instigators, act against the law, and want anarchy in the eastern part of Jerusalem. And we must not allow them to do so. Of course, the collective must be distinguished from those criminals, but the Israel police must show a heavy hand and zero tolerance towards these lawbreakers, and the operation will continue. So that was yesterday. I have not heard of any disturbances here today. But I would agree with uh, Minister Ben Greer that we, we should not be giving back the bodies of terrorists so that they can hold these mass massive funerals and praise these terrorists for their murder of Jews and uh, call them heroes and shahidim and everything else. I would not give in on, give in on this issue. More Israel hate. Coming to you from Africa, the Jerusalem Post reported yesterday the Israeli delegation was expelled from the African Union Summit in Ethiopia. Since 2001, Israel has had observer status in the African Union, but Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, Libya, and Mauritania, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, have officially objected to that status. So what happened was, and you can see the video, the deputy director for Africa, at the Foreign Ministry, Sharon Barley and other members of the Israeli delegation were expelled from the African Union Conference Hall in Ethiopia, in Addis Ababa, where Israel was participating as an observer on Saturday morning. So here they're having this conference, and before the, uh, the meeting takes place, the Israeli delegation is expelled. And it was uh, South Africa and Algeria who are apparently behind the move, um, asking for Israel to be expelled from this African Union. Um, again, Israel has been a an observer, stat, has had observer status since July 2021. So South Africa, a country with an apartheid past, is projecting on Israel, that's what this is, and trying to delegitimize the one and only Jewish state as a result of their apartheid guilt. In other words... They are pinning Israel as an apartheid nation to show, no, we are against this type of behavior. That's what South Africa is saying, right? We have repented. The problem is Israel is not an apartheid state. And I've said this many times. It is an, it's an insult to the blacks in South Africa who experienced true apartheid to claim that Israel is an apartheid state. And all you have to do is come to Israel and see for yourselves and learn the truth. But these countries who won't let Israel into their meetings. They don't want the truth. They want to exclude the Jews. Like, I don't know, this is some kind of country club in the United States where Jews aren't welcome. You know, Jews aren't welcome. Minorities aren't welcome. Remember that uh, period in America? Ironically, how many villages in Africa has Israel come in and provided clean running water to? Water sources and enhanced and saved lives in many different countries throughout Africa. How many African countries right now are utilizing various Israeli technologies, especially in water? I doubt they would want us to stop helping them. So maybe, maybe with their silence now deafening, maybe these countries should have spoken out and defended Israel. Just maybe. Okay, but bottom line, these are anti-Jewish and anti-Israel haters who just want to see the Jewish state disappear. All right, and I'm looking at you, who is it, Algeria, South Africa, 
And I'm sorry, folks. We're here to stay. That's just not going to happen, even if you try to throw us out of these meetings. Now, here's, on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, really, is somebody who understands Israel. Uh, JNS reported yesterday that um, presidential hopeful, reported presidential hopeful Mike Pompeo, the former U.S. Secretary of State and former CIA, CIA director, referred to Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the PA, as a terrorist during a podcast interview released several days ago. Pompeo insisted Israel is a democratic state rather than an occupying nation. He said, quote, this land, as an evangelical Christian, I am convinced from my reading of the Bible that 3,000 years on now, in spite of the denial of so many, is the rightful homeland of the Jewish people. We should support Israel in its efforts. And at some point during the interview, he addressed Mahmoud Abbas, the PA head, um, as a as a terrorist he said he's a known terrorist who has killed lots and lots of people including americans and given those martyrs money for having done so um so thank you uh to somebody who is on the right side of history uh former u.s secretary of state mike pompeo for acknowledging mahmoud abbas is a terrorist and has blood on his hands he also added, we want good things for everyone, including those folks that live in Judea and Samaria. So Pompeo's got it right. He understands the difference between good and evil. And let's see what happens. I mean, you have Nikki Haley running for the presidency. You have perhaps Mike Pompeo, maybe Ron, the governor Ron DeSantis. You have a lot of good people over there who want to be the next Republican nominee for the president. That's going to be a tough one. A lot of good people over there. Here's our weekly anti-Semitism report, switching gears here. I don't know if you saw this video, but it's very disturbing. A Jewish soccer player was assaulted. This was down in Florida by members of the opposing team from a Catholic high school. While attacking and beating the Jewish team, the group shouted anti-Semitic slurs, including Hitler was right. Witnesses said there were adults who displayed their middle fingers. Those parents of the kids from the Catholic school. Several students were injured, and one of the Jewish soccer players suffered a concussion. Just a terrible video. But that's what's going on in America now, folks. Jews are getting beaten up for being Jewish. At the same time, the L.A. Los Angeles Police Department on Thursday arrested a man with a history of Jew hatred as a suspect in two shootings of Jewish men this week. Um, in the first incident on Wednesday morning, a man in his 40s was the victim of a drive-by shooting after he, the man uh, exited uh, morning prayers. I think this was in the Pico-Robertson area, a very Jewish uh, area of Los Angeles, about a half a mile away. The next morning, another man in his 70s was also shot, both victims in stable condition. But two anti-Semitic incidents or three if you count two shootings in L.A., one in Florida, and then two shootings in L.A., targeting, specifically targeting Jews. Um, plenty of other anti-Semitic uh, attacks against Jews in different places in the U.S. and uh, around the globe. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we'll focus on those two. The 3,500-year-old anti-Semitism continues whether it's in L.A., whether it's in uh, Florida, uh, and, of course, here in Israel, um, because terrorism targeting Israelis is 
Jew hatred. That's exactly what it is. Let's finish on something positive for this week. Times of Israel reported that 19-year-old Shaked, I hope I get this last name correctly, Nesimian, Shaked Nesimian became the first Israeli to win a gold medal at a mixed martial arts world championships, beating the reigning champion on Thursday to claim the under-21 title in Serbia. Uh, Shaked fighting the 70-kilogram category. Uh, her sister, also a fighter, won the contest by judge's vote after three rounds of fighting against her Uzbek competitor, sparking wild celebrations among her team. So congratulations to this tough Jew, a woman, 19 years old, Shaked Nisimian, who's an MMA world champion. That's just absolutely amazing. And I would recommend that Jews across the world get involved in MMA or Krav Maga or karate or whatever it is. Learn to defend yourselves. Um, you never know. You just never know when you are going to be attacked for being a Jew. And here's a young woman and her sister as well who can certainly defend themselves if necessary. And in this case, competing in an international tournament and becoming the MMA under 21 world champion. And that is going to uh, do it for today. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com for Monday, February the 20th, 2023, the 29th of Shvat, 573, Rosh Chodesh Shvat on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. We're getting ready for the holiday of Purim. Spring is in the air. Purim just around the corner, of course, followed by Passover, Pesach. It is moving very, very fast, I feel. And, uh, I mean, I would love to get a little bit more rain here this winter in Israel. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we will wait and see. Shout out to Tabitha, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Ben Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. And, again, thank you for those who checked in on me. Thank God. Doing well. Back in Jerusalem, the holy city, capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Be safe. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem. Hey, everybody. This is Jeremy Gimpel. Have you heard about the Land of Israel Fellowship? People from all over the world, 24 countries, have joined. We meet live every Sunday, and the video session is recorded and then broadcast to all the members. And it's an exclusive group. It's a group that's focused on learning. We're focused on praying together. We're focused on growing together. And it has been one of the biggest blessings in my life. And we have people from New Zealand to Australia, Alaska, Hawaii, Hong Kong, Jews, Christians. We have a Buddhist. We have one Muslim that's joined. We have people from so many different backgrounds, languages, and cultures. And we are literally creating a virtual house of prayer for all nations. And it is truly marvelous. And so if you want more information about that, please visit www.thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. And I would love to see you next Sunday.